Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready because with the right ideas and advice me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Have you come across investment opportunities but don't quite get it fully and don't know the right questions to ask? Maybe you don't want to feel stupid. If that's you, I got you. Whether you are a seasoned real estate investor or new to the game, I'm going over 21 questions you must ask before investing in passive real estate deals, specifically multifamily investing. And a number of these questions are great to ask for other types of deals where you are a passive investor. This is basically all the things I wish I knew when I got started investing. This information is so critical and I cannot wait to share it with you. I'm gonna break this down into a series of episodes so you don't feel overwhelmed with information and I do not wanna leave any details on the table for you that I might not be able to fit into one episode. Let's get started with part one. So I was interested in real estate simply because of my upbringing. I was very lucky to be born into this world, but everything sort of changed when my dad passed away when I was 16 and I made a few bad investments with the inheritance he left me. I was young, naive, and I lost my main support and guidance. I put everything I had at risk and got into deals that were too complex and I didn't ask the right questions that would have helped me understand the deals better and ultimately, in some of these situations, probably not invest. First question, what is your track record on previous deals? You are considering investing a considerable sum of money, so it's critical you ask the sponsors about their experience. The answers will vary based on the sponsor's business structure, carefully selecting investment partners that have a proven track record of going full cycle on deals, meaning investors capital was returned with profit and values that align with yours and an overall solid performance history and reputation in multifamily. Along with my partners, we've gone full cycle on 120 deals. Two, is the sponsorship team investing in the deal? This shows they have skin in the game. In the syndication space, most if not all deals, the sponsorship team is heavily invested It's a lot of work to find a good deal and we want to invest in the deals we're offering. I've personally got half my net worth invested in passive deals while actively working with investors so I understand how important this is. Three, what is the structure of the deal and is it open to non-accredited investors? The structure of our syndicated deals may differ depending on the specific case. Generally, we use SEC Regulation D's 506B which offers unlimited opportunity for accredited investors and up to 35 spots for non-accredited investors. I will define both later on, so make sure you stay to the end of these episodes. Alternatively, we may also utilize the 506C structure under Reg D, which is limited to accredited investors only. So it depends on the deal. Four, what's the plan for holding this investment and for how long will I be invested? The typical hold strategy I see is three to seven years with legal documents allowing for a longer hold period to avoid forced selling. This is an illiquid investment and its aim is to maximize value and wait for market recovery if there's a downturn. While the investment team tries to find solutions for investors that need to exit, there are no guarantees. 
If you are investing in these type of deals, consider your money locked in for the lifespan of the deal. Five, how is the deal structured in terms of profit sharing between the LP and GP? The investment deals with our sponsors are typically structured using a waterfall method. What does this mean? <laughs> We're gonna use an example with preferred 8% return. The first step is where limited partners, so those are the passive investors, they'll receive all the profit until we reach an 8% return. After this point, most deals will follow a 70-30 split, although some sponsors will have a different split. And this is where the limited partners get 70% of the profits and the general partners, that's the deal team, get 30%. Some deals may also have a second hurdle, usually at 15 to 18% IRR, where the split may change to 60-40 or 50-50. If this seems confusing, you can just focus on your projected returns, which are an easier way to understand and have that waterfall structure already built in. Six, what are the common fees and how does the sponsor make their money? It's important to understand that the fees and return projections are two distinct components of a syndication investment. The fees charged by the sponsors, including the acquisition fee and asset management fee, are not deducted from the return projections shown in the investment materials. Limited partners, so the passive investors, are not paying fees directly, but rather those fees are deducted from the investment's cash flow. The equity split of profits after that preferred return is handed out is that 70-30 between the LPs and GPs, but it can vary depending on the deal. It's really essential for you as a passive investor to carefully review the fee structure of a syndication investment and consider its overall impact on returns. Seven, what are the projected returns? The expected returns for deals are usually presented as follows. This is just an example. An 8% preferred return, LPs would receive 100% of the profits until they reach that 8% cash on cash, an IRR of 16 to 22%, the rate at which your money grows annually over the life of the project, a cash on cash return of 6 to 12%, the cash income in proportion to the cash invested that's measured annually, and an equity multiple of 1.7 to 2.3x. So on a 100K investment, LPs would earn 170 to 230, and that includes the return of their initial investment. Our sponsors consistently exceed projected returns, and that is due to conservative underwriting, which is super important. Make sure that you're working with people who do conservative underwriting. Eight, what is the minimum investment? The usual minimum investment is 100K. We do have some deals where we will allow 50K or 75K. Once again, this does vary by the sponsorship team. Nine, are there any tax benefits from a passive investment in commercial real estate? Investors can definitely benefit from several tax advantages. It's one of the great things about this sector, such as depreciation and accelerated depreciation, which can offset the gains in other investments by resulting in a paper loss on the LP's K-1 statement. Additionally, investors can use what's called a 1031 exchange tax deferment strategy. They can obtain a supplemental loan or refinance to return initial equity without tax consequences, and invest with pre-tax retirement savings to return profits to their IRA account without paying taxes. Tons of options here. 10, how risky is this investment and what are the potential downsides? Although it's super important to be upfront with the risks, I wanna emphasize that the possibility of losing your entire investment due to market conditions is a risk that exists in many types of investments including the stock market, single family homes, and if you have a small business or startup. However, 
I really believe that this outcome is highly unlikely for several reasons. Hear me out. First, we have a very conservative approach to underwriting and that allows for withstanding those market downturns. Additionally, we invest in cash flowing assets that generate returns from the beginning of ownership rather than relying on appreciation solely to increase those returns. Multifamily assets in general have strong cash flow and they tend to be more resilient during economic downturns compared to other types of investments. Our team has an extensive experience and proven systems that really enable us to minimize risk and protect our passive investors' investments while also helping them grow. The private placement memorandum, also referred to as a PPM, will provide detailed information about all the risks associated with this type of investing. There you have it, 10 questions you must ask a sponsorship team when investing in a multifamily syndication. We're gonna get onto part two in our next episode, so make sure you tune in. Thank you for tuning into the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you got value from this week's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It truly means so much to me to be able to get this information out to more hardworking women like you. Are you a mom in business that wants to learn about alternative investments like self-storage, oil and gas, ATMs, and their huge benefits? Then you'll definitely want to attend the Moms Alternative Investing Summit on September 21 and 22. It's completely free, so bring a friend, virtual as well. Go to momsinvestsummit.com to register. The expert guests will blow your algorithm on what's possible in investing. I am so excited to have you.